The Pittsburgh Steelers are set to interview Cliff Kingsbury, former Cardinals head coach, as a potential offensive coordinator candidate. We'll break that down here on the Locked On Steelers podcast and more, including our final season grades on the Steelers defensive line. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use code, all lowercase, NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Steelers fans, solo show here today. Let's talk about the newest update in the offensive coordinator search. We know about Zach Robinson. We talked extensively about that on our Tuesday episode. Wednesday episode, we get more information. The Steelers are bringing in Cliff Kingsbury as a potential offensive coordinator candidate. Uh, Hasn't happened just yet, but it's supposed to happen soon. Um, I believe this is one of many more that they're still going to interview and we'll hear about. So we spent yesterday talking about Zach Robinson. He's a, you know, a, a quarterbacks coach slash pass game coordinator. He's worked with receivers before, but he was kind of just five years with the Rams as Sean McVayite, and that was kind of where you know he was coming from on on the coach's side of things. Then we go to Cliff Kingsbury, and and I said like, listen, Robinson. I'm not sure if he's the guy, but I like some of the things I'm seeing with him. We go to Cliff Kingsbury. Now, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, you know, was let go from the Arizona Cardinals, uh, coached them, was hired to coach them in 2019, coached them for four years before moving on. Now they have John Gannon. Um, I have multiple thoughts about Cliff Kingsbury, but I don't think that they're going to be as good as the thoughts of someone who covered Cliff Kingsbury for four years. And that's my man, Alex Clancy from the Locked On Cardinals podcast. we I reached out to him to get his thoughts on Kingsbury, and maybe not as a head coach, because head coach is a completely different job. There's a lot of other responsibilities. But what about offensive coordinator? Well, I reached out to Alex, and uh, Alex had some pretty strong thoughts on the tenure that Cliff Kingsbury left behind in Arizona. Um, So I, I think that there's going to be a lot of notes that he can give you. I have my own thoughts, and we'll get to my thoughts on what I know about Kingsbury from his time in Arizona and his time in college. But let's hear Alex talk about it. While Cliff Kingsbury's tenure as Arizona Cardinals head coach was an abject failure, in my opinion, he has a skill set that could potentially yield an average to above average offensive coordinator. The things Cliff Kingsbury failed at while with Arizona was his inability to manage timeouts, manage clock, the penalties were through the roof, and I think that he held Kyler Murray back from reaching his ultimate potential during the first four years of his NFL career. The play calling was suspect. His coaching was suspect. It's like when you're asking a new employee to do seven different jobs when you really should just be focusing on one. His scheme was weird. It was convoluted. A lot of 35-second three-and-out series through his tenure here, but The one thing that I do say about Cliff Kingsbury and have said is while he put together a great movie trailer, 
the movie just isn't always so good. And inside of Cliff Kingsbury is wizard potential. If he focuses specifically on running an offense, he may be able to have a few years or more as a coordinator in this league. But if his head coaching tenure has any direct correlative towards what he'd look like as a coordinator, I would say stay away, stay away, stay away. Well, that was pretty clear. <laughs> In all seriousness, Alex is the man. Thank you so much for your contributions on that. Um, Alex actually says a lot of things that I echo about Cliff Kingsbury. I'll say this. when he, I'll say on the positive side, the pros of Cliff Kingsbury. He did get an offense going. There was a time when people were talking about uh, Kyler Murray in a very positive light. The passing offense was was humming for a bit uh, for the Cardinals. Uh, they had the uh, they during his time when he took over, they had he elevated them from having dead la- the dead last worst offense in the NFL, dead last in points and dead last in yards. Got them to 16th uh, in his in his 2019, 13th in 2020, and then 11th in 2021 before dropping back to a 21st in 2022 and then he was ultimately let go as they finished four and 13 that year uh the uh second of his second of four years where he had two losing seasons uh in his in his time with the the cardinals um that's so you yeah it absolutely was an abject failure his time in arizona but what got cliff kingsbury hired in the first place if you look through his resume it wasn't that he was an nfl offensive coordinator who rose to the ranks or a position coach an nfl position coach even who rose to the ranks and was just oh he could be the next genius it was none of that in fact that was his first nfl coaching job you go through his coaching history started in houston as an offensive quality coach went uh, uh, progressed to their co-offensive coordinator became the offensive coordinator for a year at texas a&m then became texas tech's head coach in, from 2013 to 2018 so his claim to fame that got him to the nfl was the fact that he coached patrick mahomes and the fact that patrick mahomes spoke very highly of cliff kingsbury because one thing patrick mahomes said is that when he worked with them when he learned under kingsbury he said kingsbury didn't restrain him. He let him play to his strengths. And that was something that helped him grow as a younger quarterback. And that helped him be better. And that's a good review. That's a good, hey, you know what? Cliff Kingsbury, you might know to not force your quarterback to do things that aren't in their skill set or not limit them from doing things that are in their skill set that could make them better. That's a positive thing. The rest of the things I don't see as positive. And I don't think this would be the move for the Steelers unless he were you know, a quarterback's coach or a wide receiver's coach or a pass game coordinator, but an assistant to the offensive coordinator. But if I'm looking for an offensive coordinator, I'm looking for a person with NFL experience of organizing a room to be pointed in the right direction on the offensive side of the ball. And you don't have to have had been an offensive coordinator in the NFL before. But I'd want to have seen you work in a room under someone who was a good offensive coordinator, which is why Zach Robinson applies with, you know, with the Rams. He's, he's been there for five years. He's seen multiple good offensive coordinators. He's worked under Sean McVay, who has the offensive mind that, that, that's like that and has been successful. But Cliff Kingsbury, again, there's been good things that he's done. But I look at, at the track record. I mean, you even look at his. You even look at what he did in Texas Tech. It wasn't like he he lit it up with Patrick Mahomes. By the way, I believe he was there for six years. His six years, he started out eight and five. His first year as the as the as a head coach, 
solid record. That's nothing to nothing to be bad about. But four and eight the next year, seven and six the year after that, five and seven the year after that, six and seven the year after that, five and seven the year after that. So in five years, he had two winning seasons. That's and one bowl win, which was the holiday bowl the first year he got there. So he didn't have a great day. The highest that Texas Tech ever got ranked under him was 24th. So he didn't get he didn't do well as a as a college head coach. He produced a really good quarterback who, you know what, if the NFL could recruit the way college football recruited, that'd be really helpful. But he didn't do that there. Then he got to Arizona, didn't do that well there. And it just makes me think, maybe this shouldn't be the move. And who knows, maybe it's just because he's on the he's on the interview track. Right now he's a he's a senior offensive assistant or analyst or whatever for USC. So maybe he's just on the track right now that has him interviewing with anyone that has an opening. And this could just be the Steelers just being like, yeah, let's kick the tires. Let's just see what this guy's about. Maybe you learn something in the interview that you can use for something else. But if the Steelers make this move, I think that it is a really big swing that I don't think would have a high percentage chance of hitting home. Maybe it can be the home run that I just don't see coming. But Cliff Kingsbury, in my book, ain't the guy. And just the things that I remember looking at his offense, he'd probably want a more mobile quarterback than what he would have in Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph. And that's fine. And, you know, get another quarterback. But um, even if he got it, he got it with Kyler Murray. Still wasn't anything what you wanted. And again, that was a head coaching job, job there. No, I think the Steelers' answers are more so in the uh, in the field out there. Uh, as far as other candidates who they either have inter- have scheduled to interview or are planning to schedule an interview that we who we don't know yet. And listen, and you know th- this this is still a process that could still be going. We talked about this, Alan Saunders. There's guys who they might want to interview who can't be interviewed right now. You know the Lions. If you want someone from their staff, the Niners. If you want someone from their staff, none of those guys can we talk to. They they they're getting ready for an NFC Championship game. So maybe this is just more so the Steelers just doing some due diligence, just seeing what's up with Cliff Kingsbury. Maybe you'll learn something that you can apply forward, but I don't think this is the Steelers seriously considering him, nor do I think it should be. And it would be a big mistake, I think, if they brought him in. Shout out to Alex Clancy for his clip. I want to talk, though, about what Kingsbury and Robinson being the first two interviews tells me about what the Steelers are trying to do with offensive coordinator, because I do think it's not a guaranteed thing, but there could be a pattern there that suggests what they're trying to do with this position and how they're going to try to organize this offense. We'll do that in a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. Still got a lot to discuss. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, the easiest, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. You're not battling thousands of other players. You're not battling pros and sharks, trying to pick the perfect lineup in the perfect situation. You're just picking the players that you think you have the best beat on for how they're going to perform on a given day and looking at the projections that Prize Picks gives you, and you just say more or less. It's that simple. Do that for two to six players. 
and you can watch your winnings roll in right away on prize picks, the fun new daily fantasy game that everyone needs to start playing right now. Basketball season well underway. You could play it, you could do you could play on, on basketball players, you can play it with hockey players, we can play with football players with the rest of the playoffs. You can even combine some of these players, what's called the special league, where it's a league created specifically for players in two or more sports, where you can say, Hey, I think that this player is going to combine with the you know the three pointers of one player in basketball is combined going to combine with another player's receptions in football for to be more than 10 and a half. There you have it. Prize picks will play it, and then you can watch your winnings roll in. Prize picks also offers a reboot policy that allows your players to stay in play even if they get injured for all NFL games. So for the last three NFL games in the conference championships and the Super Bowl, be, you know, remember your player can get rebooted and saved. And Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions. Check them out right now. They do NFL, NBA, NHL, college sports, and so much more. Download the Prize Picks app today. Go to prizepicks.com and sign up to play daily fantasy sports. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Chris Carter, breaking things down. I'm not going to dive more into why I think Cliff Kingsbury isn't the right move. Instead, I'm going to talk about what I think we see here from the Steelers' first two moves, at least as far as interview invites. Now, this could drastically change with the next announcement that comes with there. There's also a chance it could be Arthur Smith involved in this, but let's stick with Robinson and Kingsbury, two guys that we know for sure are interview people for the Steelers interview candidates both of their strengths are heavily invested in the passing game in trying to make the you know the ball the, the, the passing game work in the modern day of the NFL and finding the things that make your team hum and and move forward and that was a, it was, it was a, definitely Cliff Kingsbury's strength as a head coach for the Cardinals, you go to their best year in 2021 when they made the playoffs and they were playing well and things looked like maybe they could be on the rise. They finished 11 and six, second in the NFC West in 2021. People thought maybe Kyler Murray was approaching a really good range. They finished 10th in passing yards, 12th in passing touchdowns. 11th in net yards per attempt. That's pretty solid. They finished 10th in rushing yards. 22 in yards per attempt. So it kind of is a balance there. But don't forget, a big part of those rushing yards too was also Kyler Murray for getting 423 of those yards because of his special skill set. And those were a lot of those were scramble plays that were basically running yards that came off of passing yards. But throughout his tenure, Cliff Kingsbury, I think, would would yield would yield more to passing success than rushing success. And and Zach Robinson, all he's been is a quarterback coach and a receivers coach and a passing game coordinator. So if the Steelers are getting a guy like Cliff Kingsbury and a guy like Zach Robinson, two guys that are their reputation is to be on the more modern side of offensive football, getting to throw the ball around, trying to work with quarterbacks to develop them faster and make them ready for today's game. That tells me the Steelers 
they want an offensive coordinator who can teach Kenny Pickett or whoever's going to be their quarterback. Cause I know some people get sick the minute, the minute I mentioned Kenny Pickett, but let's just face it. He's probably going to right, right now. He's the only guy who's a starter on this team next year. That's currently officially on the roster as Mason Rudolph could head to free agency. And if that happens, who knows what's going to happen. But my point is they want to figure out who their franchise quarterback is sooner rather than later. And they want an offensive coordinator who's going to help them figure that out sooner rather than later. And it's something Alan Saunders said on the Tuesday show. I think the Steelers want to put themselves in the position where if they get the right coordinator that, that everyone looks at and you say, you know what, that guy, there's nobody calling his stuff a Saturday offense, even though it was always, always a stupid thing because every offense comes from the college football anyways. But there's there's not people banging on on whoever their new hire is, the way they banged on Matt Canada or Randy Feekner for that matter. And that way you can say, like, you know what? The scheme is ready. The co- the coach is good. Everyone respects this guy. If Kenny Pickett can't do it with this guy, you just move on. You stop asking yourself the question, and you and you try again with drafting another quarterback, signing a quarterback, whatever you got to do to fix that position. But you got to get the right guy. And I think if you get a guy who works, who works, who's an offensive coordinator who, who focuses on the pass game, you can then surround that guy with, Someone who's going to help with the run game. You can have a run game coordinator, which you know for a lot of teams can be the running backs coach or the offensive line coach. But you get that guy assistance to make it so that, like, hey, your primary focus is to figure out this passing game, figure out this quarterback situation. Because even if Kenny Pickett doesn't turn into a star or anything next year, if he's just if he's just average to, a, to above average, that puts this Steelers offense in a much better place. And there were times when Kenny Pickett, he would turn it on in the right moments and get things done. And in those moments, he was above average. But he fell to slightly below average when you combine his entire play. He did a good job protecting the football, but not nearly enough job of a good good enough job scoring or leading touchdown drives and getting things going that way. But again, maybe it was because of the organization, the offense, and he never got a chance to really set his feet in a in a in a system. That was designed with more ways for him to succeed and was better at teaching him those ways to succeed. Maybe that's what's going to happen here. But I think it seems like Steelers are put are investing their time, at least in these early interviews, with with uh, coaching candidates who are supposed to have a strong track record of working with with quarterbacks, developing NFL quarterbacks, uh, helping them week to week, helping them understand where to go with the scheme that they're playing. And that's fine. I think that you could go get a guy like that, even with the strength that they've been building on offense. I still think this would be an offense that even in, the, in that situation, you'd still want to run the ball. Like, like, make no mistake, Cliff Kingsbury was more of a passing guy, you know, c- you know, considerably. But like there were years where his rushing offense finished in the top 10. Um, and, you know, and I think that that's where maybe you find an answer there. If, if you're if you're the Steelers, I still don't think Cliff Kingsbury is that guy. But say you get him or Zach Robinson, you say, you know what? As your joys, your job as offensive coordinator, you know, let's draw up the, the game plans each week. But we're going to have to make sure that the run game gets involved from these guys over here. I think something like that can work for the Steelers. I don't know if it'll work with Kiff Kingsbury. I'm intrigued to see if anything um, were, to, were to come if the Steelers were to bring in Zach Robinson. I'm intrigued to see who else they want to talk to because that could also widen my perspective here as far as the coaching type that they want an offensive coordinator. 
but it's also a reminder that this is still an early part of the process. You're going to see other teams hiring head coaches and things like that and making moves, and the Eagles are once again losing all their coordinators. But I think the Steelers are going to take their time and try to get this one really right instead of rushing it. And that may mean waiting up until some of these, these NFL teams that are in the playoffs still finish up their jobs and then they get a chance to interview them along with everybody else. Which is why we'll keep you updated here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast every step of the way because this is a very important thing. This is one of the, the, the stories of the offseason. It's who's going to be the Steelers' next offensive coordinator and what's going to happen to the rest of the offensive staff. I don't think it's a gimme. It's anyone right now. There's already people who've told me, oh, this guy's definitely going to be it. Or they're just going to hire, you know, from in from inside again. And they're not, doesn't sound like they're doing that. They're, they're making a concerted effort to get someone from the outside. So we'll see who the next ones are. We'll keep you updated here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. But we have to get to some of our final grades. Remember, we started our final grade series, which we compiled all of our grades throughout the season. And we're presenting to you position group by position groups. Yesterday, we did running backs and tight ends. Today, it's defensive line. We'll get into my final defensive line grades and some hints as far as where the Steelers should go. We'll do that right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast right after this. But first, I want to remind you, this episode is sponsored by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience, that's what brings home a winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. That's where eBay Motors comes in because they have everything you need to maintain your vehicle and they level and level it up to peak performance. You get from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, style, that's where eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find something exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn to your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to you as customers. Back here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our discussion here. We're going to flip from the offensive coordinator search back to our final grades segments that we've been doing. As you recall, all season long, after every single game, I issued my grades. We had stars and skulls, one three stars for good to elite play, one to three skulls for bad to all-time terrible play. Um, And what we did was to make this system, we basically went through each of the different players that I gave grades on. I tallied up their stars and their skulls, as well as their bus tickets, because if you know you get a bus ticket, that means you were the worst of the worst, or you did something so boneheaded it was crazy. Um, But we'll get to all of that here in a minute here. So let's start with the defensive line. As I said, we did running backs and tight ends yesterday on the Tuesday episode. Go back and check that out if you want to see my grades there. Um, but let's go over some of these defensive linemen, and we'll start up, start from a guy who didn't get to play too much this year because he just wasn't didn't find himself useful, and that was Isaiah Alamilk. Finished the year in zero stars, eight skulls. That is an F. There's no disputing that. He wasn't contributing at all, especially after the early part of the season when they were trying to figure out his fit. And listen, Isaiah Alamilk, you know, his size, he's built – at least size, you know, height and weight wise, just like Cam Hayward. He's obviously not built like Cam Hayward as a playmaker because he has not developed into that yet. And this is a guy who in the, in the, in training camp looked like he had made progress, but he did not show that in regular season. This was his third year, I believe. 
they can move on from him and find better help on the defensive line. Now, one guy who did kind of come in and help out a little bit was Armin Watts. I thought he didn't get a chance to play a whole lot, but when he was, he was effective. And I give Armin Watts credit. He finished with four stars, one skull, nothing amazing. But when you play a limited amount and you're getting noticed enough to get the star plays, to get the, the, the contributions like that and not have as many bad contributions where you were terrible, that's a good sign. So maybe if they can keep Armin Watts around, around for cheap, that's a that's some depth that they can keep on the defensive line. We go to next to a guy who I thought was going to have a really good year, didn't end up having a good year at all, DeMarvin Leal. And this was peculiar. This was a peculiar season. He had one star and six skulls in my books, and that qualifies for an F here. Not typically. Normally, if you have five more skulls than a star, that usually you get around like you know a D or something like that. But the F is because he was not even active down the stretch of the season. And that makes it a fail for a guy who was a third round pick who I graded with a C plus last year and was trending upwards going into this season. And that is not a good sign for DeMar Leal because now this will be next year is his third year in the NFL. He only have two more years after that to prove to the Steelers that he is worth being put on the field so that other teams can notice him and that where whatever happens after his fourth year, he either resigns with the Steelers or stays in the NFL. Part of the issue might be DeMarvin Leal's fit. Maybe he's too much of a tweener and that he hasn't, he's a jack of all trades, but master of none. And that's kind of messing him up as, you know, with his size, he has the size to be an edge rusher, but his style of play is more, you know, makes him more ready often to play in the interior defensive line, but he's not strong enough to do that. So it's a weird mix for DeMarvin Leal. And if the Steelers want to complete this defensive line, it would really help them to have his contributions because then you could have him and Benton side by side for the next several years. And that would be an ideal situation But right now. That ideal has not worked out. Let's keep moving along. We go to a veteran here, Montrevious Adams, who I graded with five stars and seven skulls in the season. That's good enough for a C minus grade. Montrevious Adams wasn't bad. You know, he had some bad games. He had some bad moments. He dealt with some injuries and stuff, but by and large, he was solid. And I think if he comes off the bench, that is fine. If he's your guy that comes in and reprieves you, gives you gives you some some tough minutes and some tough snaps, and he's physical against the run, that that's that's good. I don't have many qualms about Montrevious Adams and what he what he did this year. And I think that he could you you could say he could be better at certain points. But Montrevious Adams C minus grade, fine for a backup. That's not the problem. Now let's look at let's start working our way up. Let's get to the primary starters throughout the throughout the season. Let's go to Larry Ogunjobi, who I actually gave a B minus to for this year. Ten stars, five skulls. And some people might be saying, "Wait a minute, Chris, Larry Ogunjobi, what? Why'd you do that?" Because Larry Ogunjobi wasn't a supreme playmaker. He wasn't the guy. He wasn't a difference maker on the defensive line. He didn't get all those sacks that you know that they they were hoping he'd get. After last year, and once he had settled down into the defense. And listen, I get it. I see that. You know, on a season where TJ Watt led the NFL in sacks for what, a third time? Alice Highsmith had seven. Ogan Joby was next up with three, but you'd hope that he had gotten more. But that's why I give him a B minus, though, because here's the other thing about this. The reason he got 10 stars is because there were so many games where he did the little things right and he was helpful and he was good. And that I think that's one of the biggest things 
that can't be overlooked. Actually, yeah, the fourth most sacks on the team. Um, that's one thing that shouldn't be overlooked. I think that he can be a guy that can continue to tri- contribute there. The problem will be is that he has, I think, a $13 million cap hit. That's a lot of money to be spending on a solid player. You kind of want those to be some of your better players. So we'll see how the Steelers evaluate that moving forward. But Larry Ogunjobi, a B minus of a season. Now we move to Cam Hayward, who, whenever I've done grades, not just here, but everywhere else at the end of the season, I tally things up. Cam Hayward's normally right at the top, A, A plus range, but not this year. This year I gave him a solid B. He had 10 stars and two skulls. Now you're probably thinking, saying there, well, wait a second, Chris, he, he only had like two sacks in the season. How do you get that many stars? Because he, like him, Open Joby, he did a lot of the little things right this year even when he came back. And he admitted he wasn't at 100%, but Cam Hayward, still a bad man. Still a help against the run, still communicating, still doing the things he needs to do at age 34. And I think that if he tells you he can come back and play the age 35, which he did say on his Not, Not Just Football podcast, I think that's a good sign. You take that, you roll with that, and you bring it back, and you see what, you, you see what happens with that. But I bet you know who the number one graded defensive lineman was this year. Because if you're using process elimination, you could probably figure it out. But it was the rookie, Keanu Benton. On the year, I gave him 19 stars and just one skull. There was only one time I felt like he was having a bad a bad game or a game with a bad play that he didn't make up for. That's good enough for an A- grade. That might be the highest grade I've ever given a rookie. I had to look back and see what I gave, like, you know, Kenny Pickett and George Pickens last year, but I don't think it was A minus grades. I think it was maybe in the B range. But Keanu Benton looks like he's the truth. And Mike Tomlin said as much in his pro, his pro, his uh, end of season press conference, talked about his growth. I think Keanu Benton is going to be a problem for years to come. And he may finally be the answer to the Steelers missing out on Stephon Tuitt's prime of his career with his injury and then the tragedy that happened with his brother and then him having to retire from the NFL. And if Benton is that, Steelers are in a really good place. And again, as a rookie, A- minus grade, 19 stars, one skull. If he keeps building up on those, he could be right where the Steelers want him to be and his defense could have a, 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 a not just a good defensive line, but a top-tier one again someday we'll explore more and stuff as more stuff as we come along throughout the week i'm your host chris carter of the locked on steelers podcast stick with us we got a lot to discuss throughout the week we have mike defable from the athletic on tomorrow should be a fun episode uh to have mike back on the show and get his thoughts of some of the offensive coordinator searching moves as well as the final grades and anything else that pops up thanks again for tuning into the locked on steelers podcast i'm your host chris carter follow me on twitter and instagram at carter critiques read my work at the pittsburgh post gazette post-gazette.com find me here in the locked on steelers podcast every monday through friday breaking down your your favorite pittsburgh steelers right here on the locked on steelers podcast mm-hmm.